Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hello, Moto America fans, and welcome to episode 62 of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice and our first episode of the 2020 season. Uh, I'm joined, well, this is Sean Bice. Let me say who it is because I'm all stuffed up today and I might sound a little different. I don't know. Uh, here in Ohio, and I'm joined by our communications manager and co host, Paul Carruthers, who is in uh, lovely San Diego, California. Um, Paul, how are you today? I'm pretty good. I'm in Orange County, but I, you always get that wrong. But I understand why you would uh, make that mistake. Why do I always do that? It's like, well, because you associate me with you associate me with San Diego. Yeah, and it's like I grew up in New York, so I still sometimes think I'm in New York, even though I'm not. But speaking of people from New York, how about that for a segue? That was sweet. That was the best <laughs> segue. No, that's the best segue of the year so far. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Speaking of New York. <laughs> uh, no, this is your this is your point. You're supposed to say when I said in speaking of New York, Paul, who's our oh. guest for this week? <laughs> I thought you were going to continue that. Well, you know what? I'm excited about today's guest because she's one of my favorites, and I know she's one of your favorites, and I think she's everybody in the paddock's favorite. And, uh, yep. of course, I'm talking about Hannah Lopa. She's the host of our Inside Moto America show. She's our pit reporter on everything we do. Um, she's also a former Miss New York USA and she's also married to Kyle Wyman. So she's got a lot of positives stacked in her corner. And uh, on top of that, she's she's just a really nice girl. So H Happy New Year, Hannah. Welcome to uh, Off Track. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited to start this year off with a bang. Listen to her, Miss Positivity. Absolutely. I'm ready. I'm excited. Is it time to go racing yet? Because I know our riders missed it, but I missed it just as much. I have to be honest. Yeah, your enthusiasm is fantastic. Yeah. Hey, Hannah, I want to tell you one thing. Actually, I can't remember if I've ever mentioned this to Paul before. I might have even told you this, but a few years ago, one of the Monster Energy girls with Yamaha had told me that uh, when men are around pretty women, I'm just going to use it that way, their, um, their IQ drops at least 10 points. So the I, that explains why have not way. I can't speak correctly when you're around. <laughs> That's why we screw I up. I feel like you know me well enough by now. I'm just I, Hannah. I know, I know, but no, it's just I've heard that, and that's why we, that's we're trying. I'm trying to have an excuse for our kind of a hiccup on our opening or something. But anyway, yeah, I think um, you and I are ne we're negative ten on our intelligence at this point, then, because we've messed up the start of the get, show more than any other. New Year train. It's okay. 2021 will be your year. You messed up this year already. Okay, just it's a wash. It's a mulligan. <laughs> 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 All right, look, I think we should get started with this. This week, we did something a little different. We um, we actually asked um, our fans on social media to uh, to pose some questions that we could uh, we could give to Hannah. I was a little nervous about it because um, I, 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 <laughs> I didn't know what to expect, but they actually did a nice job. And 
there weren't too many freaky ones. So I'm going to go ahead and we'll get started with that um, and let these uh, let let our fans have a go at uh, at asking Hannah some stuff. So I'm I'm sure I'm going to butcher these names because um, some of them aren't so easy. <laughs> but we'll get start with uh, Solil Leanne Geddes. Guaranteed that's wrong. But anyways, uh, she asks, um, as a female motorsports fan, sometimes motorsports can feel like a boys club. How does it feel to be one of the only female commentators in an industry dominated by men? What do you think Moto America and the rest of motorsports world could do to increase the female fan base? How's that for a starter? That's a great question. Thank God for all those years of pageant preparation. There's never going to be a question I won't be able to answer. Wow. Um, really, though, I mean, like, pageants seem superficial and kind of surface level, but I can't tell you how many hours I spent sitting in a room answering all kinds of weird questions. So this is actually a really good one. Um, I think, you know, I don't really notice being a female in a male-dominated industry. Um, I just work hard and I try to be the best at my job. I'm really, really lucky to work with Greg White and Jason Pridmore. Um, you know, I found really great role models in them. They've they've taken me under their wing from day one and really made me feel like an equal and like I'm a part of the team. They've never treated me like a woman, but just as a human person who is a reporter who has a job to do. So I, I've been really lucky in that regard, for sure. As far as bringing more females into this industry, whether it be from the reporting and television side of things or actually participating in this sport, I think the best thing that women can do is just to lead by example. Um, you know, I've jumped in with both feet. It's something that was very foreign to me. I knew nothing about motorsports or, or road racing before I met Kyle, but at this point I'm even learning how to ride. And if I have Moto America as a platform to share my love for this sport as a woman, think of how many other women who may see someone, you know, like me, a pageant girl, a very girly girl, who is so passionate about this sport, maybe they'll even be curious enough to find out why. That's good. Well, that was well said. Yeah. You're already a, you're already a finalist <laughs> in the pageant with that one. I think she's the winner. I say we just put the thing around her neck and go home. Wait, is I'm that... retired. There's crowns in pageants. What do we put it around my neck? Oh, I was thinking of that thing, but you already have that. The sash. Oh, the sash. Yeah, the, the sash. sash. You'd already you'd show up with the sash. Made me sound like a horse. They're putting a wreath around my neck. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay, speaking of being a bridal, I guess a bride. Yeah. Um, Fox Schaefer is asking, how did you and Kyle meet? And this is a good story. I love this. And so a lot of people have the misconception that we met at the races because I was doing a lot of umbrella girl work and a lot of promotions and stuff like that. But we actually are from the same hometown and we went to high schools that are maybe like 35 minutes apart. Um, but we met on Facebook, oddly enough. It's, he was suggested in people you may know, and I sent him a friend request, and we had no mutual friends, so he sent me a message and was like, <laughs> do I know you? I was like, I don't know. Do you oh, want wow. to? So you, so you actually and took charge? Kind of. I mean, he was the one that sent the message. Yeah. 
He thought, well, he actually thought I was a catfish too. He thought my Facebook oh, profile wow. was like fake. <laughs> but yeah, we started talking on Facebook and texting and then we met. And from and the profile, was- Hannah, you, you knew, did you know he was a motorcycle racer? And what did you, what was your reaction to that? If you knew at that point? I mean, he had tons of pictures and different things and. I kind of, I was like, okay, he's into bikes, this and this. Like, I didn't, I really knew absolutely. I mean, when I say nothing, I truly mean nothing. So when he told me, he's like, oh, I'm a professional motorcycle racer. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. What else you got? <laughs> Bring it. That she's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to Brian Friedman, who says, uh, a, what's Kyle's favorite non-motorcycle TV show? And B, what does Kyle get on his pizza? Do you think Kyle has time to watch TV? What are these misconceptions out here that this man is doing anything other than sitting ahead of that computer? There you go. <laughs> we don't. I have tried to get him to watch shows with me. Like, we started a show on Hulu and like gave up on that he just he doesn't have the time and when he does have time like free time he just wants to relax right that's understandable like he just wants to disconnect so pizza toppings kyle is lactose intolerant so we're not really like big pizza eaters which is like a good thing and a bad thing for me because i love pizza but also i don't need to be eating pizza all the time because you know i've got i'm on camera i gotta look good okay but um I think if we were going to eat pizza, it would probably, this is such a random question. He likes pepperoni pizza. He likes black oh, olives, banana peppers, stuff yeah. like that. Just simple, basic. Paul, Paul you got to ask. <laughs> yeah, the third question is the, the third question that Brian asks. I just am waiting for you to ask that one. That's all. I'm all excited about it. Go ahead. Yeah, and it, and and I'm somebody that, that that's, never read or seen any Harry Potter movies or books. So this one's a little weird for me, but anyway, which Harry Potter house would you and Kyle belong to? That's funny. It's actually a really funny question because I had also never read the books. I had never seen any of the movies. And for whatever reason, there was a couple of them on a flight. And so I watched them and I ended up watching the rest of them. I don't know if Kyle's he's he might have seen them. Um that's a hard question because I don't really know specifically the characteristics of the houses because I am a newbie in the land of Harry Potter. Um Kyle <laughs> probably would have no idea what I'm even talking about. So I am sorry. That is <laughs> I, I did not practice that in my pageant preparation interviews. <laughs> See? <clears throat> We're gonna help you the next time. That's right. Um okay. Steve Moore wants to know, do you ride? And if not, do you plan to try? I do. Um, Kyle put me on like a little Honda out in his yard at his mom's compound, like probably in 2014 when we met. And I don't even think the thing had proper working brakes. So it was very low speeds and like there was soft grass for me to land on. But eventually we moved out to Arizona and Indy Motorsports Ranch is out there. It's um, a member's track that's paved and 
you know, it's really, really nice, really well-maintained and really quiet. There's not a lot of people there. So they brought me out there and put me on an R3. I've ridden a 390 there. Um, I went and took Yamaha Champions Riding School this year um, for Inside Moto America. But it honestly, I don't know what I waited so long to take the school for because it made a huge, despite having you know, a professional racer as a husband, it's difficult to give and take directions from your spouse. So YCRS was really, really eye-opening. Um, but it's kind of, I keep asking Kyle, off-season is just as busy as the regular season because he's working, but I keep asking, when can we go out to the track? When can we go ride? I want to go and ride. I got my first set of leathers this year. So I have all the proper gear, everything to keep me safe, safe. And I'm I'm looking to get my own bike um soon and i figure if i buy it for myself then kyle can't take it and try and turn it into a junior cup bike so that's my next goal for this year to get my own bike so i can really just go out and ride whenever i want okay what, Barry, Hannah, what did you ride at the, go at ahead the school? Sure. What, what what bike did you ride at that school i rode the r3 oh you did okay so you were familiar with the bike okay yeah yep yeah. so she's ready for junior cup I'm ready. I'm too old now, right? Well, we don't want to tell that on the air. <laughs> you'll, you'll always be 21 to us. That's right. If, if I could just have stayed 25 forever, that would have been yeah, nice. 20, oh, wow. 20, okay. 20, what's 20, what's 25 got? was a good good age. I, if I can remember that far back, it seemed to be a good age. What about you, Sean? <laughs> um, I remember that. Okay, so Barry Mang <laughs> no way. wants to know what's your favorite track to watch at. I feel like this has changed since the beginning. Road America has always been a favorite of mine because there's so many places around the track that you can go and watch from. Um, obviously, Jason Pridmore works with some of our riders and he will go out and watch. And he's taken me, especially at Road America, I think we went out in a golf cart and he showed me lots of cool different places to watch from. So I love, love Road America. And I just love Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. But I also... I just really love watching at Coda because the track is so aesthetically pleasing, all the red, white, and blue. It's very visually exciting. I love the S's there. I had the chance to do a two-up ride a couple years ago with Chris Ulrich, um, and that was just a lot of fun. So that's one of the few tracks on our schedule that I've actually ridden around on a bike. So that's that's also one of my favorites for sure. Okay, uh, Brandy Blanchard-Wellner. Um, she, she also asked what your favorite track is. So you kind of answered that already, uh, being a pit reporter and seeing things up close, have you ever wanted to be a racer? And then this one kind of goes back to some, a question you've already answered is to what advice can you tell a young teenage girl that wants to be a part of the racing scene? So probably go with, um, yeah. What have you ever wanted to be a racer? I've never aspired to race, but obviously I have been interested enough in this sport and excited enough about it that I wanted to get on a bike myself, which is something that is so incredibly far outside of my comfort zone. Like it's very scary to try something new and to do something for the first time, but it's been really exciting for me. I just want to ride safe and well, and, you know, be pretty quick. Like when I took YCRS, they were like, you did a lot better than we expected. So I guess that's just kind of the goal. I want to be, you know, better than people expect that that I would be. Um, what was the other question? Advice for young girls that want to get into the sport? Yeah. 
I, it's kind of the same. It's the same thing. It's just. That's a good one. Yeah, it is. It's scary to try something new, especially when you're used to doing something completely different. I mean, I spent a decade in, you know, the modeling industry and in beauty pageants, but it's really important for you to put yourself out there and try new things and push yourself. And so I would just say, jump in. If I can do it, you definitely can. <laughs> you know, you know, Hannah, what's cool, what's cool about it, Hannah, I just want to jump in and say, you know, the, dif- the, dif- the difference with our sport is you know, I know there's Title IX in school and everything, and there's some ability for, you know, female uh, girls, I'll say girls of that age, to get involved in boys' sports or whatever. But there there really isn't any impediment stopping females, women, from racing, uh, road racing. We have them in our sport now, and they're moving up through the ranks. There's nothing, you know, it's not like tackle football. There's obvious reasons why maybe, you know, you couldn't have a woman necessarily be on a front line and something like that. But, you know, it. I just wanted you to comment on that, if you would, that it's a pretty it's a pretty level playing field if you're a talented female rider, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think that's kind of the beauty of motorcycles and, and the sport in general. It's not a one size fits all. And this, you know, the sport is for everyone. Anyone who has the courage, who has, you know, the tenacity and and the will to do it, I say more power to you. I, I don't see any reason. And honestly, women are better multitaskers than men. And I think that riding motorcycles takes, we are. It, motor, riding takes a lot of focus and yeah. a lot of patience. Um, and I think those are qualities that a lot of women have and excel at. So more power to you. Yeah. All right, this next guy I think gets a prize because um, he's the only guy who came up with the question that I thought there'd be a lot of these people would come up with. And I'm only going to say his name just in I'm going to say his name to get him in trouble if he actually has a wife. So Colin says, will you will you marry me? So he's uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and say no on that one. Well, Colin, you know, I am flattered. <laughs> However... I don't think my husband would be interested in adding another husband to the party. Unless, I mean, like you (laughs) are interested in sponsoring a race team. Maybe we could figure something out. Right. If he owns a big truck, if he owns a big truck, he has plenty of money, maybe (laughs) some other things that he could add to the program. But otherwise, the answer, uh, Colin, is a big no. Anyhow. (laughs) Thank um, you for the offer. Some of these these people just had really nice things to say. Moto America is lucky to have her. So nice having a female host in her sport. Uh, your enthusiasm for the for- sport comes through when you report. Thank you for that. You can tell you actually love the support, and I thank you for your work. So there's a lot of people that just had some nice things to say, which um, you should be flattered by. Um, what else do we have here? Um, what, who's your favorite writer other than Kyle and favorite interview you have done? And maybe you could do a spinoff of JD beach and call it Hannah's hot seat. I think they're talking about the, the beach break that we do on Facebook live. Oh, yeah, Hannah's um, hot seat. That's good. I'm, I'm not as yeah, see, JD's we, clever. He's quick. I don't know that I'm like as funny as he is, but I could try. Um, favorite writer after Kyle. I mean, that would have to be Travis Wyman and Cody Wyman. There oh, you go. <laughs> nice. Oh man. Okay, let's do this one though. What what's the what's your favorite interview you have done? 
my favorite, I know I have the perfect answer for this. My favorite interview I've ever done was JD Beach's first superbike win. Um, we had actually, Kyle and I went to his flat track race in Arizona when he got his first win there. And then the week after he won his first superbike race in Moto America. And he was just very humble and very, you know, excited, but you could tell he was so grateful and so appreciative of everyone that had a hand in it. He was so emotional. And that's just like one of the interviews that I've done in the last three seasons that really, really stood out to me. And I will always remember it. Yeah, that was a, that was a very emotional day. And I mean, it, it's, it's cool when somebody, and, and it makes me think back of when, when Wyman, uh, Wyman, when Kyle got on the, uh, the podium at New Jersey, it's like, there's certain people that, that can get on a podium or win a race that makes it so that everybody in the paddock's happy. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah. it's just got that feel good thing. And it's, and it, and I think it comes from people just seeing how hard that person's worked yeah. and what they put into it. And the fact that they're nice people to begin with, but I think there's certain wins and, and podiums that have that same feel to it. And JD's was definitely one of those. That interview with yep. Kyle was a really good one too, actually. That was what, 2017? That was, I was so excited, but I had to like maintain my composure and like keep it yeah. together because I still had work to do, but that was a really exciting one too. What, what well, he was, I mean, it was also, it, it was a really good press conference because I mean, he actually broke down in the press conference and, and, and teared up and, and, and talked about, you know, how hard his guys work and how hard, you know, everything's been and blah, blah, blah. So it was really, the, the press conference was, was really cool that day as well. That's kind of the beauty of some of those moments is you see, they're still, they're still human. We see them under the helmets and full leathers, you know, on the grid. And even some of the interviews I do, I get a lot of like really straight shot answers or like kind of those perfect media answers but then we get certain moments like that that give us a glimpse into the real person under the helmet and that's why some of those interviews are just my favorite ever i was going to jump in and say one of the things i love about when you when kyle got on the podium and you interviewed him is when he when he kind of got in right in the camera's face and you know get, had that big uh, emotional <laughs> moment there I, I still see that in my mind all the time Hey, I want, I want to go back to one thing. There was the person that had asked, uh, this is funny. The person that had asked who your favorite rider is other than Kyle and you did a great job answering of Travis and Cody, Kyle's brothers. But the person that asked that question was Tammy Smith, who is Shelby Smith's mom. Now, you know, Shelby Hannah is Cameron's uh, yes, girlfriend. Yep. Cambodian. So I think it was a loaded question. I think she was asking, she wanted you to say Cambobier for the answer of that maybe, but um, I'm just guessing. So. It's too hard. Oh, Truly, yeah. There's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm going into my seventh season in the paddock. So even though I've only been working with Moto America for three, I've known a lot of the riders and their families and girlfriends for a little bit longer. And, you know, I get to know them. I, I talk to them all weekend on race weekends, and it's it's hard to root for just one because they they're like a big racing family. They're kind of a circus. Like it gets crazy at times, but we're very, we're a very tight knit group of people. Yes. And I don't think from the outside looking in that a lot of people realize how, how much camaraderie there is between riders and families and how much respect there is. And even within Moto America staff, like 
there's Kyle was joking to me the other day. He's like, I can't believe I've been doing this for way longer than you. And you know, more people than me in the race paddock and you know them better than I know them. I was like, because it's, it's what we do. And I, we're just a big family. I don't know. I love it. I can't pick a rider. I love them. Yeah, all. you can't. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Okay. I almost looked this up, but I ran out of time, but, um, you know, and I, I just have a feeling that Sean probably even knows the answer to this. But uh, while Stapp wants to know, what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen <laughs> swallow? Well, Paul, if you're talking about a European <laughs> unladen swallow, the answer to that question is approximately 24 miles per hour, which is about 21 knots. Wow. That's pretty good. And I did not know. That. That's so very good. You can fact check me. Alex Trebek would love that. Well, Monty so somebody Python saw the questions there. in advance. Yeah, she might. She might have. Yeah. No. Why, what uh, makes you think I didn't just already know, know the answer to that? Like maybe I'm just a child genius. She or is. Something. We know you are. That's you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Some of these I just saw for the first time. I believe. Um, where is it? There's one on here. Uh, where is it? I'll find it in a minute. Okay. Well, here here's from D Schnook. Uh, what is it like juggling working for Moto America, being married to one of the racers, having your own fans, and life on the road? That's a pretty loaded question, but go for it. That sounds like I do a lot of things, but then I look at my husband and I realize I don't do a lot of things. <laughs> um, I'm kind of lucky to say that it's pretty easy as far as balancing marriage and, and work. You know, we get to spend a lot of time together. And we travel together and we work together within the same series, obviously. But at the racetrack, we're both all business. Kyle is very, very supportive of me and my independence and my goals. And I am with him too, but it's kind of important for us to have separate identities at the track. It's also part of the reason I've maintained the last name Lofa, even though legally it's Wyman. Um but yeah, when people ask if it's funny or if it's odd to interview my husband, I don't really see it that way. Like that's, I get that comment all the time in interviews. People laugh so much at it. But to me, he's a super bike racer and he's a team owner within our series. And in order to do my job, I conduct a lot of interviews. And, you know, once we're both in work mode, the blinders are on, we focus on the task at hand. And when the track quiets down and the cameras are off, then I can be Hannah Wyman. Um, but we've been really fortunate for the opportunities that we both have. And, and at first it was really hard for me staying home. I didn't always go to all the races, especially like the first and second seasons that we were dating. Um, so it's kind of snowballed into something bigger. And I hope that we can continue to do this for as long as we're both able to. I've got a follow up to that question. Um, I was going to actually ask it in a different way, but it relates to this. So instead of following up with just a question, I'm going to kind of plant this scenario. Well, let's go back to Laguna Seca during the season, uh, Hannah. So Kyle went down. He got hurt. He hurt his wrist. Uh, could have been worse. But when he when you're do, doing pit reporting or doing a race and Kyle actually crashes, uh, are you able to separate that? That's a rider. That's not my husband. Or where are you at with that? It's kind of, that's a loaded question because 
there's other riders who will crash too. You know, we've seen some really, really bad crashes the last couple of seasons. And I am just as concerned for their well-being and their overall health. As soon as I see a rider get up, I'm like, okay, they're up, like moving on. And it's kind of the same thing with Kyle. It's like, okay, someone's like, oh, Kyle's down, Kyle crashed, Wyman crashed. You know, I'll hear Greg and Jason or, you know, I'll hear it from someone else who who has race control in their ear. And as soon as I get word that he's up or I can see on the cameras that he's up, I'm like, all right, he's up. I got to keep moving. I got to worry about the next, you know, the next task at hand. Um. So it's it's difficult. I mean, at Barber yeah. a couple of years ago, yeah. he had that really bad crash. And, you know, fortunately, at the end of the straightaway, we had that Road Racing World Action Fund air fence. And that, you know, that was significant. Um, and I remember going up to the medical center. I want to say it was one of, it was Keaton Hendrickson, one of Yamaha's former crew members, took me up on a scooter to the medical center to see Kyle really quickly and he was in a lot of pain and he, you know, he was really uncomfortable and he's like, I'm going to go to the hospital and get checked out. But I talked to him. I saw him. I'm like, Hey, are you good? Cause I have to be on air in wow. 15 minutes. And he understands too, because he's a very motivated, very like hardworking person. He gets it. He knows like, okay, I know you have a job to do. I understand. I'm not upset about this. And and because we talked face to face, that was okay. That was definitely the worst one for me. But for the most part, um, I worry about the riders equally. You know, I you see see them unconscious or you see them get really, really hurt or really nasty crash. And I, I feel the same way. There's times where like, I want to go to the medical center and check on them and be like, yeah. hey, how you doing, buddy? Are Absolutely. you okay? Yeah, so, it's a tough it's difficult, but it makes me less anxious too. Like it makes me having something to focus on and, and something to put all of my attention and all of my work into distracts me from being anxious or nervous because being a race wife, like it is hard. You, you sit there and if you just have one thing to fixate on, like you are nervous and you are anxious because you want them to be successful. You don't want them to get hurt. So. I think working has actually been a really amazing outlet for that kind of anxiety too. I just kind of channel the energy into what I'm doing instead of worrying. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that's funny. And it's, it's it, a lot of that. I can, it's my mom went through the same thing, obviously as a racer's wife and, and we did as well as being a racer's racer's kids. But, um, it is, it's very, it's, it can be very hard on, on, on the wife, you know, having to deal with the things that they have to deal with as far as their, their husband. Go, I mean, not many people have their, their husband go to work every day and, and do something that dangerous, you know? So it is, uh, it's a difficult thing. And it's also, you know, my, I, and I don't know about you and, and you're having, having children and all that stuff, but it was also like my, my mom, well, both my parents actually basically did everything they could to, persuade me not to be a motorcycle racer <laughs> if that makes sense because wow. my mom my she honestly just did not want to go through it again yeah, and I it's understandable when you look at it anyhow um adrian sims 28 wants to know how long you've been working for moto america and i can answer that i mean this you'll be going into your fourth year with us is that right yes sir four wonderful rewarding years at moto america 
Honestly, it's been... You're only a year behind me. I've grown... Well, I mean, I've been in the paddock since Moto America's inception. It's just I've only been employed by Moto America for three of the five years. But I've grown a lot in three seasons of working for Moto America, you know? Um, And it's incredible to see how much Moto America has grown in five seasons. It's been a wild ride. And, you know, going into their sixth season, a lot of things are changing. A lot of teams are changing. And I know that change is really hard for some people, but I think that it's inevitable under any, any leadership in any racing series, really in any industry. But change is how we learn and it's how we grow. If everything just stayed the same, it would be so boring. So I think, you know, some of the teams might be getting smaller or new riders or new personnel. Some teams are growing, but I think that we're all doing it together. And from the outside looking in, it's easy to criticize and be like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. But if you really see what goes on behind the scenes and how much time and love and passion and effort is put into this series from every possible angle. Every single person that works for this series just wants to see it thrive and wants to see it do good. And I think that we are doing that. And I think we will continue to do so for as as long as we're able to. Well, I got got, got a question from... God damn it, Sean! Just go. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna get off the wall question, but um, let me, let me go ahead. So, Hannah, uh, uh, Hannah Lopa, <laughs> you, uh, I know that you were a employee of Disney World, and if you can talk about this, and I think you can, uh, tell me which characters you were at the park and what your favorite character was. Yeah. Well, even though it's been seven years since I've worked at Disney, for the sake of maintaining the magic and character integrity, you kind of, you, you'll you be able to pick up what I'm putting down here. I was oh. what we like to call friends with, quote unquote, I was friends with Sleeping Beauty. Um, and so I spent a lot of time with her and I got to work in the, Fran- the French Pavilion in Epcot and do a lot of meet and greets. Um, and then I was also friends with Pluto. I was friends with Rafiki from The Lion King, you know, like the baboon. He has a beard. And that was quite nice. And a, and a blue butt. I spent quite a lot of time with him. He's got very large feet. He's quite clumsy. Um, the Easter Bunny, Mrs. Easter Bunny. Who else? Buzz Lightyear for like one whole second. And we decided that was not going to work because that costume, heavy, terrible, awful visibility. Not a good time. Um, who else? Oh, I do. I think that was it. Oh, Mr. Smee from Peter Pan, which a lot of people don't know who that is, but he was Captain Hook's right-hand yeah. man. Yeah. He was pretty chubby. Did he wear glasses in like a toque or a hat? A hat, a, a beanie or something, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. A little red beanie and some glasses. Yeah. He had some crazy hair. Yeah. A big fat belly. He was, he was a riot. What was your, what was your favorite? Those costumes are not. toque in a while. Those costumes are not air conditioned. Just people think they are. I don't know why. That's like a fire hazard. That's probably pretty dangerous. Those are not, there's no, none of that. What was your favorite character that you were friends with? Sleeping Beauty for sure. Um, 
the best was seeing like little girls dressed as their favorite character. And sometimes their favorite character is your character. And so that was kind yeah. of awesome. Yeah. I did a lot of work with the make a wish foundation and granting wishes for terminally ill children at Disney. Wow. Um, and also give kids the world, which is another similar organization. So that was a very short period of time in my life, but a very special period of time in my life. And I can't believe it's been, yeah, seven wow. years ago this month, I started wow. working there. I've done a little bit of the stuff that you're doing. And I, I, I feel like anything you do live is easier than the stuff that you do that you record. In other words, if you have a second chance at it, or you can do more than one take, that always seems more difficult to me than just the live stuff where you, you actually screw it up or you nail it and you're done. Would you agree with that? I mean, what, what, what's the hardest part of your job? Um, what, what do you think the hardest, hardest part of the job is? That's a really, that's a good question. I don't know if I have an answer for that. Cause I don't definite, I agree with what you're saying though. Live hits are easier to do because it's one and done. So you're right. Like you either nail it or you mess it up. And more times than not, I like to think that I nail it. Um, but I'm really comfortable being put in a, in a high pressure situation. That's when I feel I do my best work when there's something stressful or something, you know, very important to be done. Um, but I agree, you know, stuff that you can do more than one take of that's not live, like for everything for Inside Moto America, essentially, is not live. Um, and those things are really difficult, especially if someone else like writes what you're saying for you. I like to kind of write that stuff myself because then it's in my own voice and it's it came from my own mind. So it's easier for me to remember. Um, but for the most part, I I have a good memory and I have a pretty easy time doing that kind of stuff too unless i'm i'm really super tired it's been a super trying like very long very hot day or trying to do those things at the end of a day or especially at the end of a race weekend just stuff that i have the opportunity to do multiple takes when i'm really tired um sometimes i struggle a little bit more but for the most part i i have a lot of fun with my camera guys and and I write my own copy so I can just read it and be done with it. Um, oh, you know what the hardest thing yeah. is? Losing your voice. That was the worst race weekend. I don't care if it, like, I get struck by lightning in a rainstorm at a race. Like, I'm fine being out in the rain or the heat or the wind or what have you. But losing your voice when that is literally the most important aspect of your job was the, I think that's like the only race weekend I ever cried because I was so frustrated because I wasn't sick. I was completely fine, but you know, Coda's the beginning of the race season and it's really exciting and there's so much going on and I just overdid it. And by the end of the weekend, I, I sounded pretty, pretty pitiful. Um, so that was definitely the hardest part of the job is just taking yeah. care of your voice. I had a, that's I had a hard that's your money maker. You need that. Yeah. Coda, do you, I don't know if you remember that, Paul, I lost my voice at Coda too. I, and there's, they say right. there's something about the yeah, power in Austin. So um, that time of year, maybe, maybe that had something to do with it, Hannah, but that's, that's interesting. I didn't know you had that problem. Yeah. I kind of, I, I made sure, well, I never have in three seasons of doing it, even at Disney when I was working like, 12 hour shifts and talking all day long to kids in a voice that was not my oh, own. Yeah. You know what I mean? There, you get voice lessons, you're trained. 
So, and I never, ever lost my voice then either. So it was especially frustrating, but maybe, maybe it had something to do with, you know, what's floating around the air there. But the rest of the season, I, I made sure to take really good care of my voice and, and be quiet when I needed to be quiet, which is really difficult yeah. if you know me at all. <laughs> this is, this is, this is 100% going against one of my New Year's resolutions. Cause one of my New Year's resolutions, what I was, wow. I was going to try to be a nicer person. But oh I can't resist the or I I can't resist the fact that um I I think people would be upset with Hannah losing her voice, but I can't imagine anybody are. being upset with Sean they losing his. I'm sure Kyle wouldn't mind if I lost my voice. You forget that he's with me not just during the race season, but all day, every day. <laughs> oh, okay. One one more thing. <clears throat> um, speaking of Sean. I think this. I think this last one. This we'll end it with this. But I think Road Racer six forty two. I think is Sean's burner account, um, and he's asking for any bikini photos. I'm sure if you go on Google, you could find some for my Miss USA days. <laughs> so, there you go, Sean. But when I'm at the racetrack, it's a polo, and I get to wear pants. Sometimes I get sunburned because I wear pants all race season. So if I am outside. When I'm not at the racetrack in like shorts, I get sunburned really easily. Do Hannah, do do people think of you as being kind of the girl next door a little bit? I don't really know what people think of me. Okay. I like to think they think that I'm just, you know, I'll be remembered for being really nice and really kind and, and patient with people. I think that's that kind of comes with the job too, because you meet people who have watched you on TV and you're really they're really excited to meet you. And I think in other instances, other reporters may not be as patient or be as willing to take the time to talk to people who are just genuinely excited to meet you. Um, but a mantra that kind of, I'm not into like fluffy quotes and stuff like that, you know, but um, the mantra that's kind of stuck with me is you're never too important to be nice to people. Um, so just because, you know, you're on TV and people look at you a certain way or maybe even put you on this pedestal. I still want our fans and our riders and our families to know that I'm approachable and like that I love to meet new people and talk to people. So I don't know if they think of me as the girl next door, but I hope they think of me as someone that is always willing to meet them and say hello and talk to them. Yeah, and I think that defines it too. I think that's what I'm getting at: is you're you're approachable, and who you what they see on camera is who you are as a person, and you know there's nothing fake there about it. So, um, you know that's that's a terrific quality you have. Thank you so much. I love people. I love meeting people, and I love Moto America's fans. So it's it's a big part of what I do, and it it is really important to me to be accessible, and that's one of the beautiful things about our series too is that our riders are really accessible to our fans. Yes. You know, you can't just walk around the MotoGP paddock and walk up to Valentino Rossi, but you can come to Moto America and you can meet Tony Elias and Cameron Bobier and Matthew Skultz and, and all of the riders, and they'll give you a moment of their time because I think they have the same mentality as me. It's, you know, the fans really are the lifeblood of this series, and... And it's a really, really cool dynamic for them to just come into our paddock and see the mechanics and see the bikes and see, 
you know, even the crash bikes coming back on the crash trailer and, and be able to talk to our riders and meet them and take photos with them. So I think it's definitely the same kind of mentality that our riders have as well. Yes, that's for sure. Very good. Well, you two, we've reached, we've reached the magic 45 minute mark. Didn't that go quickly? It did. Really? Always. Yeah. Always does. Um, and I want, I want to, I want to thank you, Hannah, for being our first guest of the new year. Um, I can't think of a better person to have on. We're looking forward to another season with you working um, as a pit reporter and also as the host of uh, Inside Moto America. Uh, it'll be a great year. I think, um, I think 2020 is going to be uh, be a special year for a lot of people. And, uh, and I wish you and Kyle the best of luck. Um, I know Kyle's working hard towards getting his program um, where it needs to be. And, and I think he's going to benefit a lot from having, uh, having a year under his belt with the Ducati and, and getting to start with something that he's already familiar with instead of, if you think back on, uh, on the timing of it all and uh, to where he was this time last year, I, <laughs> he's got to be pretty happy as, as far as, uh, as having a, a, a jump start on the new year. So um, good luck to both of you and Sean. It was uh, it was nice to speak to you as always, and happy New Year. And we'll talk again in another week. Um, also, also want to thank our uh, our fans who who listen to us every week. Um, I want them to continue to do that. Uh, we'll have a good season of of podcasting this this summer. And uh, yeah, is back to what Hannah said early in the show. It's it. We wish we could get going race right now, and and that's going to come up quicker than we can imagine. So. Thanks to everybody. And Hannah, you have a good day. Um, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, guys. See you soon. See you. Thank you. Bye.